Good evening guys. Hello, this is Daniel from No Pain, No Spain coming to you on a Sunday night. Fresh. Uh, it's about 10 p.m. It's a good time. Kids asleep. Wife's asleep. Just me and the dog. Apparently uh, the city of Barcelona is about to enter uh, a backlash on the COVID-19 issue. We have been set absolutely free or mostly free a few weeks ago, but now cases are coming back and pretty, pretty strong as I hear. Well, apparently we had about 1,200 cases today. So, uh, so chances are we are gonna be on lockdown again real soon. So stock up on toilet paper and get your Netflix figures on because it's coming. Tonight, I want to speak to you about <clears throat> special people I've met. And believe you me, I have met my share of special people. When I say people special, I mean extraordinary people that uh, one way or another differentiate themselves from from regular folk like you and I. Not that I'm regular. I'm hoping you are to balance things out. But these people certainly miss the spot at every level. So I'm gonna create a series on extraordinary people. Some of them I have met, some of them I've been very lucky to be, to have them as part of my life. Others I've heard about or influenced me one way or another. But tonight, and I don't know why I've had the feeling that this guy might have died already. Anyway, I want to speak about uh, a gentleman from Argentina. I'm not going to say his name in case he's still alive, which I certainly hope so. But if he is, I'm guessing he'd probably be around 80 years old, at the least. So, uh, which I certainly hope he is, I seriously doubt it. Anyways, let's turn the clock back to early 1980s. My family and I, coming from Central America, arrived in Maputo, Mozambique in 1982-83. Can't remember somewhere along those lines. I must have been, well, I know I must have been, I was 15, 14, 15 at that time. And I remember uh, as the plane arrived into the city and it started approaching and turning around before it found the runway, uh, it, it showed me from the, from the air uh, a very, very, very African city the plane did not arrive through the cement part of the city but rather the the straw part of the city so all I could see for miles and miles and miles was straw houses and dust roads and, and men at that age coming from reg regularly civilized place well that was scary as fuck well fun uh, fortunately enough I found out that was not true it was very African that time but 
still had some commodities from which to grab onto but that's not the point the point is that a uh, few months after we arrived my mother being a pediatrician she um she began working in a hospital called uh, jose macamo and at that time one of the most uh, famous doctors uh, at that time was this argentinian gentleman that i Let's name him. I'm not going to give him this real name, but let's put a name to him because uh, it's going to be difficult. Let's say his name is... Because he, 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 here's another thing about this guy. He had the most unfucking believable name you can ever imagine. It, it was it's kind of a Greek philosopher's name. And uh, so let's call him Arist Aristoteles, okay? That's not his name, but that's pretty, pretty close. So anyway, Aristoteles was already an eminence in Mozambique. He, uh, he, he partook classes in the, in the medicine uh, faculty in Mozambique. Oh, everybody was uh, learning from him. He was an oncologist and uh, he was a diagnosis specialist. Anyway, he was an eminence. And so the guy was a kind of short, thin, very thin, very little meat in his body, kind of a weird head. Uh, curly hair, very fine features though, uh, thick glasses, and always walked like he was in a hurry. And his pants were all a bit high on his waist, and he always wore a white shirt. Uh, well, that that was a dressing code back in Mozambique in those days. So, and so he began uh, working with my mother in Jose Macamo. And, uh, and they became good friends, and uh, which in turn allowed me to to get to know him and, uh, and find him in my house in many occasions, you know, and, 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 and engaging in uh, tremendous philosophy discussions and political, which was very very deep in those days. Remember, it was a, the bipolar day of dualism, communism, and capitalism, and all the choices in between and uh, people who were in Mozambique were mostly if not all very left oriented but the heavy heavy left people who have uh, made some serious choices and to, to come to Mozambique and change their lifestyle some of them were political refugees other was were by choice like my parents were but it was a it was a very very strong leftist movement in Mozambique in those days. So I remember my parents and and Aristoteles just sitting down for hours and hours and hours and at home. But I always noticed something wrong about this guy, and because uh, at certain times he was talking, and uh, and his gaze, his eyes would just whoosh, go. <laughs> I mean, go. I mean, you could literally wave in front of him, and the guy was not there. So I started noticing this also. So Aristoteles was always this weird guy and, and his accent, his Argentinian accent was kind of things. Well, anyway, uh, turned the clock forward, uh, maybe 20 years. Well, 25 years, <laughs> yeah. 25 years. So uh, after a whole life, of going around the world and doing various things. Uh, I finally came back to Mozambique uh, to help my mother in a project that was around 2010. Probably 2009, 2010, just, just after the, the economic crisis here. And uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I 
that I did was uh, open a restaurant in Mozambique and it was called Just Cafe. And it was very successful for a while, but then a lot of things turned sour and well, we had to close down the shit, but anyways. Uh, by then my mother had um, had a, 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 her own project, had her own organization, and she had built a hospital and a health center and a primary, primary health attention center in which Aristoteles was a very big part of. Yeah, my mother always kept him as a, you know, as a, as a very important part of all her projects. He was, uh, he was an eminence. This guy was uh, the highest, the, other than my mother, probably the most intellectual person I've ever met. This fucker knew everything. But anyway, so as I, when I opened the restaurant, one, one day I was working there, cooking something, just stirring something up and there's, and I see in, the, in, in my terrace, in the terrace of my restaurant, this really small uh, guy, you know, sit down, the waiter goes and he orders some food and shit. So I had, I had, the, I had the habit of just, Every time a new customer came, somebody I didn't know, well, I approached the table, you know, kind of all the diplomacy bullshit and present myself and make myself, you know, available to whatever they need and shit. It was not a cheap restaurant, so I try to keep, keep my, uh, my liaisons, you know, healthy and strong with my customers. So uh, as I approached that, I mean, the, the, guy, the guy was, his hair was red. This guy red, but I mean, electric radioactive blood orange red the kind of red you go no 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 <laughs> nature has not yet invented this red okay and his skin was white i mean i cannot even begin to describe how white his skin is this guy was transparent transparent i mean to his from his everything everything you could see the veins in his fr in his front uh, in his besides uh, the, the his eyes anyway so i approached i said hey hi my name's daniel i'm the owner of this and he started talking and i said what the fuck aristotle yeah what in the name of the lord happened to you man well it was him so what had happened to him <laughs> <laughs> I was sorry, sorry, I'm laughing because I remember that precise moment. It was so fucking shocking. Uh, the, the guy had uh, vitiligo. He, he had vitiligo and he had, you know, how vitiligo acts. I, I'm not sure it's vitiligo or vilitico. Well, you know the disease I'm talking about, the one the skin starts going white. But usually the, the turning of the white goes in, uh, in stages, in, in kind of, uh, no, they start getting like dark shadows or white shadows or shit but in his case he just went white <laughs> but then later he told me that probably he thought his hair color didn't match that kind of skin so he thought red would be <laughs> well anyways this guy was a case anyways remember i told you this guy was and is probably one of the smartest motherfuckers i've met in my life and i've met a few that's not to say I am smart in any way, because believe you me, I am not. But at least I do have the ability to recognize uh, the smart people around me. And e Aristotle was certainly on the top three of those. He, 
let's let me tell you something about him really important that I forgot to tell you he suffered from tremendous severely Asperger syndrome so uh, if you're familiar with that syndrome it's uh, well it's uh, it's a form of autism and uh, it uh, well it, it limits people with it to uh, to be able to focus on maybe two or three things at the same time whereas people without that syndrome we are able to focus on many things we are able to to you know <laughs> to do many things at once and to understand many things at once and well, people with Asperger's they don't they they have the ability to focus on three four or five issues and that's it but those three four or five issues they focus on <laughs> shit yeah exactly that's it they get to know the deepest of what they they, be, they become experience in those subjects and so uh, Aristotle had as far as I know three s subjects that he was obsessed with number one medicine he I, <laughs> when I met him in the 80s and when I met him in the, in the 2000s uh, this guy was always with a book and not just any book this guy read the most dark deep difficult books to find and from dark authors he introduced me to a couple of them one of my uh, one things I always appreciate from him is that he introduced me to Roberto Arlt an Argentinian writer of the beginning of the 20th century if you've never read him do yourself a favor and go look up anything about him amazing but so reading uh, medicine and, uh, and reading was two of his things. The third one was anarchism. The guy was a hardcore, to the vein anarchist. And the fourth thing was women. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, but not just any women. It's, uh, this is a, a little bit of a chapter I want to talk about. Aristoteles and his women. Uh, for some reason, he, uh, let me find the right words because I don't want it to sound bad because I don't think it was bad at all it was just weird but uh, he he was attracted to to very low 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 kind of woman okay he prostitutes uh, cabaret girls in Mozambique but mostly mostly housemates so uh, here you have it uh, one of the most intellectual people I've ever met smart as fuck successful as fuck but he fell in love always with her cleaning mates at home and uh, let me just rephrase that the cleaning ladies in Mozambique is something very popular it's part of the culture it's uh, uh, a lot of people a lot of people have cleaning mates even cleaning mates have cleaning mates um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of life it's a way of life so he he, uh, he apparently from his Asperger's uh, perspective he hired them in the most innocent way but soon, soon after he would completely fall in love and when I say fall in love I mean let's get married and have children kind of fall in love okay so there were a couple of these adventures that we were all aware of and that brought him a lot of pain and a lot of uh, well, a lot of frustration as you can imagine but 
in 2000, just when I met him, the first time I met him in the restaurant about 2000, he had contracted a new lady, a new girl who worked at home. And obviously two or three months later, he fell in love uh, and they decided to get married. So uh, my mother and I were considered to be close friends of his and a lot of people just advised it against him because the girl uh, also knew him and he would, uh, well, she was very obviously trying to take advantage of the situation. And, uh, but he didn't listen. He didn't listen at all. He organized the wedding, we all went. Uh, anyways, uh, he, he must have been in the, his late 60s by then. Late 60s, and the girl must have been 20, 18, 20, 22 around that age very 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 young girl uh, so he couldn't have children and she wanted a kid she was she insisted constantly on having a kid we all knew that she wanted a kid to to hang him by the balls even more but whatever for whatever reason they couldn't have kids so they decided to adopt so they went to the village of this uh, this girl she was Shamanculo somewhere I think Shamankula, I can't even remember, I'm, I'm making shit up, but, uh, and uh, uh, so apparently a long distance relative from her had died and had left a, an abandoned kid and so they went there to pick him up and to, you know, to adopt him and shit, so they went there and they found the kid and this was all a, a, a tremendous adventure, I'm, I'm sounding casual about this, oh they went up and they got a kid, no, 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 this was, this was a, uh, George of the Jungle adventure, okay? But they finally found the kid. They brought him to Maputo. He must have been, I think at that time, four, five, six months old. So a, a, a baby, a baby. So they came back to Maputo and they did all the paperwork and my mother helped him a lot. My mother being a pediatrician took care of the, of the kid. It was a baby boy. And uh, so, all, all went well. So uh, then, uh, a few months later, after the adoption, we, um, you know, my mom comes home and she says, hey, "Listen, I got bad news. Uh, you know, you know Aristotle's wife. Yeah, well, she's got full-blown AIDS. What? Yeah, not HIV, but full-blown AIDS." And. Apparently she's in her terminal here. Shit. So, okay, well, when next time I see him, I'll say something. So a few days later, she was, uh, I was in my restaurant. He, he showed up, we sat down. Whenever he showed up, I always sat down with him and have a chat because he was the most interesting guy. I mean, this guy could speak about everything there's a there's a, and, and just how good of a doctor he was i'll let you know with a story a very particular story in just a few minutes but then he, that day he came and he sat and he ordered some wine and he ordered some food and he was a he was a, a good eater and a good drinker he, he had class and stuff but uh, except for his red bright hair and <laughs> pale skin man i wish i have a pic i had a picture of him because that's a sight to be seen anyway so he ordered some food so we sat down 
and uh, so I asked him about his wife. I said, oh, she's not so well. She's now in the hospital. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm sorry, man. Listen, there's anything you can do. No, I think your mother's taking care of her because my mother had in her clinic, she had all the AIDS treatment and stuff like that. So I knew she was connected to her in that way. But as we spoke, my phone rang, my cell phone rang. So I said, it's my mother. So I answer, hey, mom. My mother says, listen, is Aristotle there with you? I'm like, yeah, he's right here in front of me. His wife has just died. His wife has been dying for two days. Where is this fucker? So I look at Aristotle and I go, dude, your wife's died, man. Just now. This is my mother. Please talk to her. So I talk to her. But he was so casual about everything, man. It was, but that's not because he was evil. He didn't like it. It was just his Asperger does not allow him any room for anything else and whatever he had his mind on. So, uh, so that was uh, that was a, a weird, weird moment, you know. And and and, and he continued eating. Huh? And that's not to say he didn't feel bad or he didn't. But he finished his meal, he ordered his coffee and dessert, he paid, said goodbye to everyone and went to the hospital and took care of all the, all the things. And the important part of this thing is the kid. So all these stories just to lead you into what it's important and everything, the kid. This kid, let's name him. John. That was not John. I don't want to say his real name. John had also very, very serious mental issues. Very serious. He he had uh, a degree of hyperactivism that would make all psychologists do a research on him because it, it was it was just unbelievable i mean his hyperactivism was so 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 strong that he was unable to speak until he was i just found, found out well not recently but when the kid was probably eight is when he said his first words anyway john was crazy as shit I have never seen a kid with that ability to destroy and to break everything around him. And into that equation, throw in Aristotle with Asperger's syndrome, who doesn't give a shit about anything, who doesn't know what's going on around him. <laughs> you, have, you have a terrible combination. Uh, well, anyways, after, after, his, um, after his wife's death, well, he came to my restaurant more often and we became very close. I must say I dearly, dearly, dearly loved him. I still do, still do. No, nothing happened. No, I still do. I certainly hope he's alive. It's just that the difference of age was way too much. But anyways, he came to the, to the restaurant very often. We became good friends. We even went out for drinks. 
he introduced me to the most interesting one of uh, one of the most interesting people I've ever met aside from him which is a, an Italian filmmaker I'm not gonna say his name but if he's listening to this I'm sure he knows who he is he's now in the States working with Michael Moore and, uh, and then I met him uh, I met another Portuguese guy through him anyway he was a connection to very 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 interesting uh, so we said goodbye in Mozambique and I uh, after a while because what happened was that uh, my, my mother passed away and I must uh, I must do a parenthesis here because when my mother passed away he was the first one to show up in my house before anybody uh, just a couple of hours after it had happened uh, I don't know how he found out and he was the first one to come he was the first one to console me uh, albeit all his Asperger disease and his inability to connect and to have uh, empathy and, 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 uh, and, uh, and connection, but he was really, really able to, to give me the support that I needed at that moment. And he must, uh, he was the, he was a person when, when before my mother was taken away, he was a person who actually went into the room and took the jewels out of my mom's fingers and neck because I just couldn't do it. I was on my own, I just couldn't do it. So he took care of that for me and he stayed with me for a couple of hours. And uh, that was, uh, that was tremendously, tremendously special. So big shout out to him. Uh, anyway, so remember I said he was an anarchist, okay? A deep, 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 deep anarchist. So apparently that, that anarchism went beyond what I thought was only an intellectual thing because a couple of years or a year after my mom passed away when I, I was already in Barcelona living, uh, he sent me an email saying that he had to come here for, um, you know, for, for some kind of uh, big symposium on medicine, which he always made part of, and that he would love to see me. And I said, fuck, of course, man, of course, I will pick you up. So I went to pick him up at the airport and um, brought him. He had a hotel. And uh, so we spent a couple of days together here and, and he mentioned that uh, he, he wanted me to meet some people. So apparently this guy back in the, in the 70s, late 70s, uh, early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, he had been involved with the Montoneros in Uruguay and he had been with the anarchist group in Buenos Aires who were very active. Anyway, this guy knew the most interesting motherfuckers in the planet and, and for, through him I got to know here a group of people who were um, uh, very involved in, 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 in guerrilla movements and in anarchists ideas back in the late 60s and early 70s and, and when you go out I'm not going to say their names I'm not going to mention anybody because these are very special people but uh, after being with them he took me to their home here in, Mo in, in Barcelona we spent uh, a lovely fucking unbelievable evening with these people and uh, he uh, later when I came home I started investigating the names of these people and just finding out how important they were with uh, in the in the South American revolutionary movements with uh, with Mujica who later become Uruguay's president and all these anyways this is people beyond beyond normal this is extraordinary people and so he started getting uh, involved with these people in the 70s and he was there until he had to run away and then he came to Mozambique so there I got to find out a little bit more of his story uh, tremendously tremendously interesting guy uh, anyways, so just before I left Mozambique, after my mom passed away, 
and uh, things. He uh, he once came to the restaurant when I was just about to close, and he said, "Hey, listen, my uh, my daughter's coming to see me." And uh, I said, "Your daughter? Which daughter? I didn't know you had a daughter." Well, yeah, apparently he had had a life back in the jungle in Uruguay with some revolutionary girl back in the sixties. Shed, and they had two kids. And this was an extraordinary piece of news because I could not picture uh, Aristotle in any way being a parent at all, at all. And, and of course, he wasn't. <laughs> he just had the kids with this lady. But uh, so, so her daughter, his daughter, came to visit him, and I got to meet her. And uh, to say that she was as weird as he was would be an understatement she was weirder because she had all the elements that aristotle had except the intellectual side which certainly made a difference a big difference so it made her cheap it made her void and empty and and just uh, just verbally incoherent because she lacked the, 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 the information behind the, 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 the words she was trying to say. So it was, she was very confusing. I mean, just uh, I think her profession, she, her profession is she wrote songs for senile people in nursing homes, in, 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 in old people's homes. That was her job, her title. She wrote songs. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, but it was a big discovery for myself because by that time I have gotten very fond of Aristotle, very, very fond. We became very close for for a good time. I mean, and picture this: I mean, the difference of age. I mean, she could have been my grandfather. I'm not too sure, but probably yes. But uh, very, very special person very very special person i just wish he's still doing well in mozambique i know he has taken care of a lot of people that i know a lot of people that i love and his expertise is beyond beyond belief uh, let me tell you a little story where i had a friend who worked in united nations who who had a very important thing a very important job in united nations he uh, and of course he made a shitload of money so resources was not his issue <laughs> and he used to come to my restaurant very often and we used to you know to coincide with uh, with uh, aristotle's and uh, we had conversations and we became buddies you know drinking buddies in, in my restaurant but one time this uh, un united nations guy came with a very with a, with a tremendous pain in his chest and he said listen man uh, uh, something's wrong and uh, i need to see a doctor and i said well fuck Aristotle here is not only a doctor, he is the doctor you want to see. So he, he said, listen, man, my pain in my chest, I think it's my heart. And Aristotle, I remember him, I remember that image so clear because he was, he was, he was eating fish soup, which I had cooked in it. And I was expecting his approval because he, he was a kind of a, of, a, of, a, of a food guy. So if he said it was good, it meant it was good. So, and, so as he sipped his soup, he just lifted his head, looked at him for a minute in that Asperger's gaze and said, nah, that's your vertebra. And the UN guy like, what the fuck are you talking about? This guy's having chest pain, his heart is hurting, his vertebra. 
uh, yeah, that's his vertebrae. You should walk. You should buy some of these uh, uh, things that tie your back and you make you walk straight. In a couple of weeks, you're fine. So we, we both look at each other. We thought, well, I think Aristotle finally lost it. Anyways, this UN guy began having serious problems with his paint chest. He got really scared, and as as I said, he had all the resources to do it. So he went. To, he went to like a, a clinic in London, which was like the for Coffee Annan kind of clinic. Then he went to the Mayo Clinic in, in Minnesota in the States and he visited the best doctors in the world and he finally got his diagnosis. And guess what the diagnosis was? Yep, his vertebra. <laughs> what the fucking Aristoteles, man. I remember this friend of mine from the UN after all these trips and after all these inquiries around the world and spending a fortune in doctors when he finally came to mozambique back to mozambique he came to my restaurant and aristotle's and i were sitting on the table his face was a poem a poem he just looked at aristotle and said you were right you were right oh, i'm calling my dog So that's how, that's how good he was. That's how crazy Aristotle was. I wish him well. I hope he's still alive. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna reach, uh, write him an email and see how he's doing and if he needs anything. So that would be the first extraordinary people I'm gonna speak about. Uh, probably. I have so many of them. I don't think they're extraordinary or not. Allow me to say that. I think they're extraordinary to me because in, uh, uh, because uh, meeting these people certainly made a difference in my life and certainly uh, I've never met people of the like before. Whether they're extraordinary or not, they are from my perspective and they are from my life and uh, they've had a tremendous influence in my life. So that's why I call them extraordinary. Well, I hope you liked it. I hope it entertained you a little bit and, and that my nasal lip sister voice didn't distract you from the things that I'm saying. I'm going to say goodbye now. Tomorrow's a work day. Uh, take care. Keep well. And I'll see you next time, guys. Thank you so much.